God is good. Amen. Amen. He is he's certainly good. I am. Uh, been thinking a lot about these last few weeks. I've been doing a little extra study when I can. And I began to think about this. I began to think about each one of you. So I'm going to preach about each one of you this morning. I've been digging up a little information about each one of you. You didn't even know that, did you? No. Oh, yes. Uh oh. Boy, some of the stuff I got is pretty good. Uh oh. I'm just kidding. But I am, I am going to preach about each one of you this morning, though. Why is that? Christians are different. Christians are different. Why are we different? Because we were once lost, but we are now saved. We have all been born into a world of, of lost people. We were all lost at one time. None of us were born into the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We were all born into sin. I know that's such a harsh word on a Sunday morning. Sin. Kind of leaves this dark cloud over you when you think of sin. It leaves this aura that nobody likes to. Does it feel good? No. Just feels like somebody's talking bad words in church. <laughs> Once they were bound for hell, but now they are bound for heaven. Praise the Lord. You see, Christians are citizens of heaven. We're just we're just traveling through this world on our way to heaven. Matter of fact, Philippians 3.20 says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, so we're all, all of our conversation is, is, is going toward heaven. How many this morning are looking for the clouds in the east to part ways and for Jesus to come through? Amen? That's what we're waiting on. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting on it. Matter of fact, when I got out of the car this morning here, I looked east just to see if it was happening yet. <laughs> that great trumpet blast, that, that moment where we're all going to be transferred from, from here to there. All of, the, all of us having glorified bodies, no aches, no pains. Right. Let me just tell you this. The, I, I did find out this. I, I, well, I, don't, I didn't find it out. I believe this to be true. How's that? I believe that the temperature in heaven is absolutely perfect. Oh, yes. Amen. Yeah. No matter where you go, the temperature will be perfect. Right. If you like it cold, I believe your little area is going to be cold. <laughs> if you like it hot, like my wife, she likes a house around 82, 84 degrees. Oh. And she still has a jacket on. <laughs> She'll have her own little bubble boots. Roasting her. <laughs> I was telling somebody this morning, we're all bound for heaven. I said, if you get that, if you get there and you don't see anybody at all you recognize, you might want to check the temperature of where you are. You might be in the wrong place. You see, we're different. But what makes us different? What makes Christians different? I can ask each one of you. What makes Christians different? And each one of you, I'm sure, probably pretty much would have the same answer. I'm being cued down here. Stay on track. 
<laughs> You're right. You see, I'll tell you what makes Christians different. What makes Christians different is we have found a new reason for living. And it's right here. Amen. The cross. You see, we have found a new reason for living. We have, we, have, we, have, we have put the cross before us, and we have put the world behind us, and we have found a new reason to move on. They have discovered the answer that has set them apart. The Word of God has helped Christians to stand or understand why they are different. All of us have to take a stand on the principles of the Word of God. I heard a guy who sent me an email this week in regards to a, a message that I had preached uh, several weeks ago. And he said, why should Christians vote? I said, well, why should Christians vote? Christians should vote because we have to make a, we have to make a change. If we don't vote, we can't make a change. If we don't take a stand, we can't make a change. But, but shouldn't we just be able to pray? Shouldn't we just be able to pray and then God just make everything? I said, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. See, you have to put your faith into what? Action. Yeah. You, you can't keep your faith and say, okay, I believe that it's going to be this way. And then hocus pocus and poof, here we are. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to put your faith into action. You have to, you have to move. People are not going to know about Jesus if you don't speak about Jesus. People aren't going to know about the cross if you don't speak about the cross. People think of Christmas as a, this tree and this big guy in red suit, ho, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And all the good cookies that people make at Christmas time and the cakes and the pies and the delicious Christmas dinner, and you know, what leads up to that is Thanksgiving. You have that big golden turkey sitting on the table that you're ready to carve up with the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the sweet potatoes and your pecan pie and all of that good stuff. <laughs> oh, I get hungry. Yeah. And we're still a month away. They're still growing my turkey. <laughs> But the question this morning really is this. Why do Christians have a different view of life? Why do Christians have a different view of life? Go, go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the fathers through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and the sprinkling of blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible 
and undefiled, and fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though through now for a season, if need be, ye are more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried by the fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not whom, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I pray this morning, may you reveal to us, Father God, why we are different and why you've made us this way. And Lord, why the difference that we are, what we should be doing, that you will show us through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. One, I believe, one, one, one reason I believe that uh, Christians have a different view of life is because they know that their treasures are eternal. We see that in verses 1 through 5. They know that nothing takes God by surprise. This you've heard me say a hundred times. Nothing takes God by surprise. Everything is by divine order. They are elect according to the foreknowledge of God. We see that because he has, he has just shared that with us this morning. Now, the Apostle Peter wrote this letter to encourage believers who would likely face trials and persecution. Many of us here this morning have faced trials and persecution. Matter of fact, we can even think about our own kids our own grandchildren who have faced trials and tribulations. And we pray for them daily. We pray that God will undertake for each one of them and, and help them through their trials and tribulations. We can't walk through the fire with them. We can only pray for them. Nobody walks through the fire with you, only Jesus Christ. And he brings you out on the other side. He brings you unscathed on the other side. Yeah, it gets a little rough. I listened to a song the other day, and I, I tell you, the song is so true. It says that, that they were, I forget the exact lyrics of the song, but they talked about the valley. They were coming down off the mountain, and they were going through the valley only to get to the other side, to move up the other mountain. See, we're always, we're always, we're always changing mountains. We're always changing mountain. We're always wanting to get a little higher. But it seems like to get a little higher, you have to go through that valley. And usually when you get down into that valley, that's when we get into trouble. You see, sometimes I tell people, you know, they're not ready for help. They haven't gotten to the bottom of the barrel yet. They haven't gotten through all the muck and the mire. 
See, some people, they got to get to the complete bottom before they can come up. You know, I pray that people don't have to do that. But, but, but the word of God means that you don't have to get to the, to the very bottom of the barrel. You don't have to get that low. You see, because the word of God is, is uplifting and it's an encouragement. And it helps us to come up. But some people got to be stubborn. I have family like that. I was like that. Okay? I had to get to the, to the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. I had to get down in the grooves of the, of the, of the, of the wood before I could come up. But when God brings you up and God brings you out, you have such a relief. You have such a joy. You, you, you have a greater respect for the word of God because of where God has brought you from. They've been born in God's plan from the beginning. You see, God, God formed each of us. God gave each one of us our own will. And God, God could will that we worship him. But he's given each one of us. So, so that you, you don't go, we don't, we're not designed to go against the will of God. But because of the enemy, he, 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 he's always there causing that contention, causing that, that strife, if you will. You see, Christians know they have been set apart by the Holy Spirit. They have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. They are recipients of God's grace. They have found peace. I gotta ask you this morning. I remember I will put all of you on the spot. How many have found peace this morning? I found peace this morning when I got up and I began to look to the Savior. That peace came in like a flood, like a river. It just came moving in because I was I was worshiping him. I knew that, that God had a purpose for me this morning. Every morning we get up, church, God has a purpose for you. You may be watching this this afternoon. God has a peace for you. God has a designed peace for each person who worships him, who exalts him. The resurrection of Christ provides them a living hope. We can come to Jesus. Why? Because he's our hope. If, you know, these people that say that they, they just die and that's it. You know, you're born, you live, you die, you get put in the ground. That's the end of you. That's it. That, that's hopeless. That's hopelessness. I don't have hopelessness. The world, the word of God has given me hope. Because it's told me about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And where Jesus is gone, he's gone to prepare a place for me. That where he is, I may be also. And I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to the day that I get to be united with him. They have a, we have an eternal inheritance waiting for us in heaven. How many are looking for your inheritance in heaven? I am. I'm looking forward to that day that my Jesus gives me my inheritance. They're kept by the power of God and, and will be with him forever if they so choose. You see, Christians have an opportunity to walk away. You see, we all have an opportunity to walk away if we so choose. I don't know why you would. I, I've, met, I've met several Christians or ex 
Christ, Christians, so be it word, that have walked away from God. Oh, they've been telling me Jesus is coming for years. He still hasn't come yet. Well, he's going to come when he's ready to come. I just watched a video Friday night about the end times. And the thing that sticks out of my head, that's always stuck out of my head, is he's going to come like a thief in the night. He's not coming, he may not be coming at night, but it's going to be just like that. We're going to be doing our mundane, everyday, normal things, and Jesus is going to come. When you least expect it, he's going to come. When you don't even think that he's coming, because you're so busy about your everyday task, boom, here he is. And it's going, to be, it's going to be just that quick. I believe people will literally be caught off guard. Well, obviously, because Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back. Only God the Father knows. Can you imagine God standing there one second and saying, okay, go get my children. <laughs> he could be in the, in the middle of eating a rib. <laughs> wow. And... Okay, maybe not a rib. Not. <laughs> and God say, okay, go get my children. I don't think Jesus can say, okay, let me go wash my hands first. Uh-uh. It's going to be that instantaneous. Church, the, 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 you can't even blink as fast as he's going to show up. And it's going to be that fast. I believe the other reason is they're we realize that our troubles are temporary as told to us in verse 6. In verse 6, Peter says this. Wherein greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if they need be, ye are in heaviness through the manifold temptation. See, I skipped that verse when I read it. Their troubles are temporary. They have many causes to rejoice. Why do we have cause to rejoice as Christians? Because our sins are forgiven and we have eternal life. This is, this is the reason we can know that our troubles are temporary. Remember, we as Christians are not immune to trouble. Well, but we believe Who can get us out of this trouble? We know who can get us out of the midst of our troubles. You see, our position in Christ is permanent. How do I know that? Because he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I can know that that position is permanent. Discouragement is only for a season. You ever been discouraged? You ever... Felt like you lost all hope? Many of us in this room can say we have. This was Paul's reasons for rejoicing in times of trouble. He could praise in the prisons and give thanks for the persecution. Consider his dungeon doxology, if you will, in Philippians. Or in Acts, in the Philippian jail. Because he says in Acts 16, 25 to 32, 
And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. And so the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep. Seeing that the doors were open, he drew his sword that he would kill himself, supposing that all the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice and said, don't hurt yourself, for we're all here. You see, they could have all of escaped. They could have all ran their own separate ways. But Paul says, do yourself no harm. Then he called for a light and sprang in. And he came in trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and he said, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? You see, God can use any circumstance. God can use any means to bring somebody to Christ. Sometimes these situations aren't glamorous. I remember having the conversation with my mom on her, on her deathbed and she was saying that she wanted somebody to read the Bible to her. I said, my brother will read it to you. No, he won't read it to me. But he did. You see, God can use any circumstance to bring someone to the saving grace of the cross. As I said, it may not be glamorous. It may, be have, it may not have all the pomp and circumstance, as you will, but he can use any situation. Mm -hmm. Finally, we read in Revelation 21.4, And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. God will wipe away all the tears from their eyes. This speaks of the compassion and the mercies of God. Forevermore, there will be no death, no pain, no sorrow, no crying. What a wonderful truth. No matter what you're going through, it's not the last word. Mm -hmm. God has written the final chapter and it is about true fulfillment and eternal joy for those who love him. You see, we have a great, how do I put this? We have a we have we have a, a, a great notion of knowing that God, the one who created the heaven and the earth, the one who has created all of this that is around us, the, the He alone will bring in a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. You see, Christians know their trials are filled with the purposes of God. 
We see that in verses 7 through 9. All believers live in a circle of God's love. Nothing comes their way without his knowledge. All things work together for good. We know that. We know. How many of us know Romans 8.28? Amen? And we know all things work together for good. To them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. Every experience is designed to make them more like Jesus. How do we know that? Let's read 829. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be what? Conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So he tells us there is a foreknowledge. We should know these things. Trials and tests. Trials test our faith. When we go through a hard time, what does it really prove? Like Job, the believer comes out of the fire like gold refined. In Job 23, 10, he says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Tem temporary trials will result in triumphant, eternal praise. How many of you have been through a tough time and, and you've been through these tough areas? I mean, look at what we've been through these last few months. Yes. And look at the people that have faced some very tough trials. But yet God has seen them and he's heard their cry and he's brought them safely through. You know, I don't make light of this coronavirus thing that's, that they keep talking about day after day after day after day after day after day on the news. The survival rate of the coronavirus is is, is like 98.2%. What does it say? It's not saying you won't get sick. I believe that God will take care of those who get sick. And he will bring them through. You see, we where is our faith? Doesn't God say lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover? Amen? You see, he didn't say stay away from the sick because you're going to get sick and you're going to die. He says to lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. See, he's given us a mandate of what to do. How to help. By his stripes, ye are what? Healed. healed. So, are we saying that he took his stripes and he can't heal you from this virus? No. They say all those with underlying problems, health issues, stay away. But see, that's not what I see. I say you get closer. Life's present passing problems will seem small when we see Christ. When we see Christ in every action that we take, all these other things don't seem to really matter. The problems can be escalated if you want, or they can seem small because of who you have on your side, carrying you through your situation, 
your present trial. Troubled sinners can come to Christ and receive that eternal life. Troubled believers can find comfort in the promises of God. We've just seen that. But the question today is, do we receive Christ's word in its entirety? Or do we reject it entirely? You see, it comes down to that. It comes down to where we as believers stand. See, you can't be a believer, say you're a believer in Christ, and only believe certain parts of the Word of God and other parts you don't. You have to believe all or none. Some people think, well, it's just good enough just to live on a few of the promises and a few of the, the happy things to give us good thoughts, to give us joy. But we have to believe it in its entirety. We have to know that trials and tribulations will come our way. We're going to have problems. Problems come, church. And if you haven't seen problems, look at the number of churches that have closed across this country in the last three months. It's absolutely scary. I've never seen so many Christians afraid to get out and publicly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ because of a pandemic. Where did Christ ever say be scared? We must stand forth in boldness and we must stand with Christ Knowing that he is going to protect you. If you're doing his work, he is going, I'm telling you, he's going to protect you. <clears throat> he's not going to bring harm to you. Because then we're going to say, well, his work doesn't really help me at all. And that's not where he is. That's not where Christ operates. We operate in the fullness. In the fullness. The fullness of Jesus Christ. Yes. People ask me all the time, are you worried about all these deliveries, all these people that you come in contact with, all these people that you, are you worried about that at all? Absolutely not. Why is that? Because every time I make a delivery, every time I see somebody, I can hand them their stuff and, and, I, and I get the opportunity to say, have a great day. Jesus loves you. And I've never had a shop owner, I've never had a person tell me, yeah, right. <laughs> every single time, I can tell you what every single response has been just about, thank you. I needed to hear that. So why would Jesus want to pass a sickness on to me that would take my life and when I have the opportunity, the golden opportunity to share the love of Christ to the world? Where do we stand, church? Where, we, the word of God says we are set apart. Why are we set apart? Because we have the blood of Jesus Christ flowing in our DNA. We have the blood of Jesus Christ flowing on us that brings protection and we have the flood. We have the cross behind us that, that's carrying us every step of the way. Yes. 
We have to move forward in Jesus. Yes. Or the world is going to lose more of him. Right. Well, you know, we've talked about this a few times with a, I've talked about this with a few of you a few times. Is this is this possibly the great falling away that the Lord Jesus Christ talks about in the word? He says there's going to be a great falling away. Yeah. How many churches have closed up? How many people say, well, you know, I don't have to go back into a building ever again. I can just watch it on TV or I can watch it on the internet or whatever. And, and they lose. But the word of God says to forsake not the fellowship of gathering together as some of them are in the habit of doing. And we're seeing that more and more. We must come together to encourage one another, to lay hands on each other, to, to be encouraged in the world. Amen. We have to, church. You've been called. You're set apart. Yes. You're his child. Not mine. Thank goodness. <laughs> Some of you. Point out a couple of you this morning. One of you. Oh, he's going to be the bad head of it. Don't do that. Where do you stand with Christ this morning? Where do you stand? Are you really fearful of all the things that are going on now? Are you trusting God? Let's stand together. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you this morning that you are our God. I thank you, Jesus, this morning. Because of your strife, we are healed. Lord, because of you, we can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to every nation, to every, to every community, to every neighbor. Lord, because of the shedding of your blood and, the, Lord, the protection that you give us, Lord, we have no reason to fear, but only come to you with to the one who brings joy protection Lord I thank you this morning that you have spoken to our hearts Lord I thank you for setting us apart I thank you Lord Jesus for setting us straight why we are different and Lord the ultimate reason for that difference is because Jesus of what you did on the cross for us and taking our sins upon yourself. Your blood being shed for our transgressions. Lord, I pray this morning that you will touch each heart and each life. Lord, that when fear tries to creep in, Lord, may you step in front of that fear and may you let them know that you, Father God, have everything under control. And that nothing harmful will come our way because of what you have done on the cross for us. We thank you, Jesus, for this. And all of God's children said, Amen. 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 Amen.